Hey, my name is Stephen Cho, and I'm here with Raymond Chi on the Godsend Podcast. And we're just talking a bit about my story and some topics like reflecting as well as intentionality and the fruits of the spirit. And hope you enjoy. Thank you. Welcome everyone to your uncensored space to realize God's pace and plan for your life. Conversations and messages from people who are true representations of Godsends and will inspire you to experience and become a Godsend for others as well. I'm your host Raymond Chi and this is the Godsend Podcast. Welcome to the Godsend Podcast. I'm your host, Raymond Chi. And on today's podcast episode, I have the pleasure of bringing on someone that I have actually known for quite some time. Um, And fortunately, we have been able to reconnect. Uh, He is uh, the co-founder and chef of Kobunga Grill in USC Village in southern california here at la where we're located and that man is steven cho hey what's up steven what's up guys thank you thank you for coming on um so if you don't mind uh how how are you first of all today good doing good Good, doing good good. thank you again for allowing us to uh just use your space it's beautiful here as Mm -hmm. you guys will see on the on the video version but um yeah thank you again um, so I guess we'll just, we won't waste any time. We'll get right into it. Um, do you mind just taking us back to the start, I guess, how you grew up and just whatnot, please? Yeah. Thank um, you. born and raised in, uh, La Cunada. Uh-huh. Um, and that's where, you know, our, our journey began. Yep. Went to the same <laughs> elementary schools, middle Spartans, school, high school. Cougars. It's kind of crazy. We've, uh, we've, no- technically known each other since kindergarten for reals bro and and i can only say that for you You. and james park wow an ak oh really ak dude (laughs) i forgot and joanne chong sorry man i don't want to leave well at least people who i talk to yeah you you you, ak and then james park sorry by the way does james park still have that buzzed head bro he's still rocking that no no he has a he has a ponytail now don't lie bro wow he has a huge huge like just like long beautiful Jesus mane hair. of hair yeah it's, it's honestly he has jesus hair it's crazy oh my gosh yeah. that's okay that's not i gotta see him but anyway back to you so yeah okay grew up wow yeah. that's you can only name that many people you're right actually now that i think about it but yeah that's nuts. but uh born and raised la Cunada, mm. uh went out to school in the east coast at nyu mm. and uh, then after graduating came back home started working back home in la because i missed family and just uh Really, just being in in Southern California can't beat yeah. the weather. Can't beat the space. Mm-hmm. People complain about traffic, but I actually love driving. Um, you know. Oh, really? Why? Yeah, just turn on a podcast, uh, listen to music. For sure, no It's doubt. kind Same of here. your your chill space. So. Something actually, I I do want to uh, get into later, uh-huh. but which is one thing that I do. You know, side topic. <laughs> I do love about driving is you get time to yourself, uh-huh. and you get time for reflection. And I think that's something that's really important in 
in you know just today's daily lives today yeah, too especially yeah uh something that we don't really talk about doing um but yeah i i have been back home in la since 2013 uh went from working at the sls hotel in beverly hills i was part of the uh, the managed food and beverage management team there and i worked there for about a year and a half and then I quit to start cooking on my own, start doing pop-ups and wow. catering. Um, and that's when I joined up with um, Robin at Little Meats LA. And I did that for about a year and a half as well. Uh -huh. And then I left that to join uh, John, my business partner with Kabanga. Uh -huh. um, and we've been in operation for a couple of years now. We uh, opened officially in march uh two years ago in 2018 uh -huh. at the usc village and then so it's been uh, two and a half years now that wow. we've been open and we have a third location uh we have a second location <laughs> coming up awesome. uh in in silver lake mm -hmm. and that's hopefully we're gonna open up um in the coming months Knock on. Yeah. we don't got wood but this little piece of wood right here but yeah, yeah. for sure man because covid obviously delayed right? yeah sure. covid just delayed kind of everything and all the restaurant business is not like in general right it's just suffering from that yeah it's just not. it's just everyone's kind of just waiting until everything dies down and yeah. you know we're just waiting with abated breath just is it going to return back to normal Seriously. you know um we'll see uh, but at the same time the restaurant industry, just talking about that specifically, um, already has taken a hit, right? We're already hearing news of even just for us Koreans, um, you have something as historic as Tongyeolchang closing <laughs> down. You know, that's local where... Local places, man. These yeah, OG spots, yeah. Yeah, the OG... Because Tongyeolchang is the OG of OG. For our, like, parents' generation, yeah, yeah when they um, came to LA and stuff. You know, that's where Korean presidents who would come to America <laughs> went to eat korean food because that was Alex, not only like one of the few places but it was the place to go Quality, yeah yeah for korean food in in los angeles so like you take something like that that's historical to our community korean americans in Definitely. in uh in la and that's closing down because of you know obviously there's probably multitude of reasons but obviously covid had a huge part in that i mean then let's if you don't mind if we can backtrack then what if you had to you know tell us or describe kawanga right as like if you had to compare it to something or if you had to sum it up in a way that's kind of simplified for our, like for us mm -hmm. to how would you how would you do that yeah so my partner john he he really wanted to uh, create a fast casual concept that was true to who he was yep. uh, or who he is is which is a korean american and so um, for us growing up in, uh, in America, we don't have this sort of um, pride growing up with our food because a lot of us have this lunchbox moment, as they call it, where we would bring, you know, Asian food into oh, elementary school and all the other kids are like, yuck, what is that? The like smell and all that, right? Yeah, exactly. That smells, yeah. get that away from me, you know, and, and then we go to our parents, <laughs> you know, demanding sandwiches and Lunchables and we're sort of, you know, shunned and shamed of our food at that point as kids. Foolish kids we were, man. But then when you when we get to college and we become young adults, 
and now that America has been embracing a lot yeah. more ethnic cuisine, Definitely. like people are now understanding what fermentation is yeah. and what probiotics are. So kimchi is a huge thing. Yeah. And, and then just, of course, the meat lovers love Korean barbecue. Of course. Um, and also a part of that is the, the Korean wave, right? You have K-pop with BTS and Big Bang from back in the day. And uh, you have Korean cosmetics, dramas, you know. Exposures there, yeah. yeah the Nef- is Netflix real. is huge right now with Korean dramas and getting a new audience for that. And you have uh, Korean cars, Hyundai, uh, Kia. Of course, Samsung's, right? And then obviously you have the technology with oh. Samsung LG blowing up. And it's kind of... Uh, what my partner and I talk about is um, it's very similar to the Japanese explosion a couple decades ago, right? Right, man, with Sony um, and everything. Yeah. With Sony, Toyota, Toyota Honda, Honda, Sushi, Jeez. you know, Dragon Ball Z anime. Oh, my gosh, people don't realize. Yeah, that thing is Japanese. Right? And then yeah. um, Rocky with uh, Teppanyaki, Teppanyaki with Benihana. <laughs> you know, he was, he was, he literally rode the Japanese explosion in America and he became sort of the icon of yep, that. Definitely. Um, so Korea is just a couple decades behind. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one uh, just due to um, historical, um, just all the wars Korea has gone through and just all the setbacks that, uh, you know, yeah. Korea as a nation has gone through. Yeah. And then also, uh, just geographically, we're further away. Yeah. Uh, so we are trying to create Korean barbecue in a fast, casual setting. Mm-hmm. And so um, what are the, sort of the pain points of Korean barbecue today? It's it's time-consuming, it's expensive, and you come out smelling you know, very smoky. Um, and a lot of times, the staff doesn't speak English very well. And so... For us, we're trying to create something more modern. Mm-hmm. So English-speaking staff, English menu, of course, oh. you know, a great price point with, you know, the food that comes out uh, very quickly in a mm-hmm. fast, casual setting. Mm-hmm. So if we tackle all that, you have delicious, you know, Korean food, Korean barbecue in, in just a couple minutes, and you can just take it home or eat it there and super quickly. And it's honestly what... America has been driving towards. Um, They want a little more upscale than just fast food like McDonald's, but they don't want to go all the way to paying, you know, 30, 40 bucks for an entree at a sit down restaurant. Especially for lunch, right? Mm -hmm. At that, yeah. Exactly. So fast, fast casual has exploded across the nation in terms of that food segment yeah like chipotle and whatnot, exactly right and like panera. shake shack panera yeah. blaze pizza oh my gosh, you're right. all these places it's not as cheap as you know mcdonald's or kfc burger king what have you not at all but you know you're seeing a lot more chef driven more hospitality driven places but you still get your food very quickly um, and at a great price point and and it's made all in house, right? Yeah. So we marinate all our meats. We cook all our meats in house. We make our own kimchi. We make every single sauce. Um, our Korean barbecue sauce, our sweet and spicy kabunga sauce for our pork belly. Make all the marinades. We make our, you know, even for the brugogi, we, uh, we even, you know, make every single part of that um, 
including like this, like we make this onion sugar that goes into like our, our recipes. Oh my gosh. And, um, like every single thing is made in house. So it's your, exactly what you said. It's modernizing your, the Korean dishes and just Korean food in general for a population or just to be able to expose it to the general population, right? In a manner that is mm-hmm. like, that they can embrace, right? Or try out. I mean, I'd say we were modernizing just the the fast casual concept. Like we're we've modernized with the fast casual concept. But our food is is actually pretty traditional. I think oh, the really? only the only fun things we do are more like the fried chicken sandwich, yeah, things I can't like wait that. To try that. Uh-huh. Um, like our yeah Korean fried chicken sandwich. That's just crazy sort right of a yeah, yeah. That's just a a fun thing to do. Yeah, that that as a Korean American, that's the American side that comes out, right? Definitely. Like we love, uh, Koreans love fried chicken. American loves Americans love burgers. Yep. Uh, you know, I grew up on McDonald's, right? In In and Out. So you combine the two, you get the the spicy and sweet, tangy, you know, Korean gochujang Oof. sort of fried chicken sauce with uh, a great fried chicken, some Korean pickles, and then in a uh, Burger bun and it's, it's my goodness gracious, perfect combo making me freaking hungry, bro. Yeah. But um, anyway, so then let's kind of backtrack a little bit more, if you don't mind. So you mentioned like growing up, you went to NYU, right? You focused on hospitality, right? Then where did that um, I guess that because you were always did that cooking like fever or that cooking desire or like just food in general that interest like where did that stem from like was it younger like even before college or how how was like how did that yeah uh kind of i looking back on it it's a pretty crazy story really um that i even thought about going into hospitality as a profession Mm -hmm. you know i my scope of the world was very small growing up and we, we call it, yeah, the La Cunada bubble, bubble, right? Yep. We're very sheltered <laughs> up towards the valley. Like, not necessarily, that's, I guess it's not really the valley, yeah. but we are like right underneath a mountain range. Technically, yeah. Right? So it's like, <laughs> like yeah. figuratively and literally, we are <laughs> sheltered. sheltered. <laughs> yeah. So the most I, I knew about the food world was either Korean food, going out of Korean restaurants, or my mom or grandma's cooking, right? Korean food and then fast food. That's it. You know, the fast food we had in La Cunada, like yeah. uh, McDonald's and stuff. Or round, round table round pizza. Round table pizza, man. Oh, I, Come on now. And then the Panda that's, that's opened up later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Panda my. Express, exactly. We used to go there like almost every day for, for lunch. For lunch, yeah. Um, so that was my food spectrum growing up, right? See, man. Very, very limited. And I didn't even know that it could be expanded. Yeah. So in junior year of high school, my sister was in college. She was studying abroad in Italy. Mm-hmm. And my for my birthday, my parents bought me a plane ticket out to visit her uh-huh. and kind of just to have me see the world. Awesome. And just kind of grow, like be able to expose myself to what is out there. Of course. Because right? at the time, what they were seeing was me playing video games <laughs> Hanging out with friends, just doing, you know, just okay Typical, in yeah. school, right? It's, yeah. And Enjoy. so I I went, had this amazing time with my sister. She took me to, you know, Venice. She took me all over Florence where she was wow. uh, 
in Frenzy. French. Yeah, I can't say it correctly yeah. either. But gelato, right? They're known for gelato. Yeah. Too, right? Oh my god. Sorry. Okay, keep going. Yeah. Wow, you went to a couple places in it. Yeah. Right? Okay. So that experience as a whole was pretty amazing. But what、uh, really, really sort of sparked something in me. Was this one experience at a restaurant called Mario's that she took me to? Is run, but you know, three generation restaurant. You know, grandma's cooking、oh. in the back. The mom is、oh、waiting、goodness. tables. The son is at the cashier. Wow! Right, so complete family business.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I had, and for that restaurant, it's like a really small, you know, mom and pop、mm-hmm. place, and they change the food every single day. So you don't, you, I guess you don't really know what you're getting until. You go there, right? Wow! And the day that I went, they did a very classic、uh, ragu bolognese, very classic, classic Italian, Italian just meat, tomato, tomato pasta. And to me, that was so mind blowing. I was like, "How can food be this delicious?" Something so simple, right? Exactly. And I had never had Italian food really growing up. Because、right. why? Why would I? My my parents were just feeding me pizza, rice. Like pizza, pizza was the extent of Instant, my Italian, right, right. you know, food knowledge. Yeah, exposure, yeah.、But、and majority was obviously Korean. Yeah, it was、yeah. majority Korean food, and rice, fish, kimchi. <laughs> yeah, right. Bob, yeah. And that was so life changing, life altering to have eaten that dish that. Could be so delicious.、Um, I started thinking about, wow, I want to, you know, start exploring food more. And so, you know, as I'm reflecting upon all this on my way back home,、uh, one weird thing about Europe is they force you to take multiple flights to get back home to America.、Mm, there's no direct. There's no direct because I, I think it has to do with tourism. They want to encourage you to visit other countries.、Makes、so.、Sense. From Italy, I had to go to Germany,、mm-hmm. and then from Germany, I had to go back to, to America. America. Wow! And so, when I got to Germany、uh, at the Frankfurt Airport, the airplane I was supposed to take the engine broke down, <laughs> and so we're just waiting and waiting for hours. And what they eventually do is,、uh, because this is also.、Um, Actually, no. It was so my my sister just booked the, the cheapest flight, obviously, to save money for my parents. Yeah, and it was Air India, and although it was like this super cheap commercial flight,、uh-huh. they put all of us in this five star business hotel near the airport. Oof.、Um, I think it's called like the Steisenberg or something. Jeez, but and, it was nice. Yeah. yeah so as a was what am I sixteen, seventeen years old. Uh, I get put in this five-star hotel with no money left, right? Because、uh-huh. I I don't have a credit card to my name,、mm-hmm. right? I'm you're still in high, yeah, you're <laughs> high school. Kid, I'm in high school. Yeah, yeah. I'm in high school, and then I spent all the cash I had、uh-huh. in in Italy buying presents for my grandparents,、uh-huh. my grand、uh, family, my, and my family、uh, yeah. and everybody, and just spending money on food and stuff, and I <laughs> funny,、yeah. funny story. Actually, I don't、uh, know what I would do, but yeah, okay.、Uh, this is so funny. If、uh, <laughs> Christian, you're you're listening out there, Christian Lee,、oh. I、uh, in Italy was the first time I ever saw 
dirty magazines like out in public. <laughs> and I remember buying a dirty magazine for Christian Lee. So Mambogi, if you're listening out there. <gasps> Oh my god. I don't know gosh, if you remember that. Man. He asked you to do that or no, what? No, 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 no. Yeah, just like, I just. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious. Yeah. I cannot wait to ask him about that for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And so you're at the hotel, so right? So I'm at freaking, the hotel uh-huh. and like all I can do is just sit in the lobby or just be in the hotel room, right? Because mm-hmm. I don't have money to go out or anything. Of course. So I'm just stuck there and just sitting in the lobby watching everybody interact with the employees mm-hmm. i'm just seeing this level of service and this level of hospitality and that really sort of combined with what i was thinking about and reflecting on in the journey to italy about the food and so i was like this industry is is what i'm very interested in for a career in life of course i want to work in a hotel i want to work in food and I want to see what fine dining is all about. And so I was stuck at the hotel for like 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And then they, they got us another flight out after that. And after that, I applied to NYU for hotel management. Mm. Hotel and tourism management mm-hmm. is the official uh, title of my my the major. Degree, yeah. My degree. Um, but yeah, that is how I was first introduced to what I wanted to do for the rest of my life, working in what we call the hospitality industry. Mm -hmm. And hospitality includes hotels, tourism, restaurants. um, Food and beverage, yeah, that kind of catering, all that. Mm -hmm. Wow. Then, so you get to New York, right? And then you're majoring in hotel management and whatnot, and you end up working for SLS. So how did you branch off? How did you decide to leave corporate essentially right that corporate world because you were you were doing well like you were like i'm ready to climb the ladder and whatnot exactly i coming out of nyu i i worked at restaurants but i also did um i was very lucky enough to do a food and beverage internship at the ritz carlton central (sighs) park i mean one of the best hotels in manhattan right iconic yeah um and so i got to see also part of that was the restaurant opening and just being able to experience all that, I definitely knew I wanted to work in food and beverage in the hotel industry. Mm-hmm. So when I was about to graduate, I started doing interviews. I got a acceptance into a um, food and beverage um, manager in training position mm-hmm. at the SLS Hotel in Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. And at the time, it was a Starwood property. So I interviewed with Starwood oh, corporate, corporate. And they... They connected me to the SLS Hotel, and once I started working there, I yeah I worked there for about a year and a half as a manager in training, and then I became a supervisor. Just moving up, yeah. Yeah, and and to be honest, that's what I truly thought I was going to be doing, and I even um, was thinking about moving to Asia and working wow. at, in the hotel, hotel industry, industry there yeah. in Japan or Korea. Uh-huh. Uh, just because also I loved living out there. I did a study abroad in in Japan. Oh, really? I've, I've done a study so, abroad Tokyo? in China. Uh, yeah, Tokyo, um, Beijing, and then Shanghai. Wow. Which, okay, if you don't mind me asking, out of those three, which one did you enjoy or would you recommend? I mean, for me, I love Japan. Like, 
as a, as a Korean, it kind of it, confliction. It, yeah, it, it conflicts on, so much, split, right? Yeah. You know, it's truth though. It's facts. There's so much, obviously, history, right like there. sorrowful, and there's just so much history. We'll just leave it at that. But at the same time, the food culture in Japan. Um, can't deny it. You can't deny it. You can't deny. Um, and, and unfortunately, it's obviously Japan historically has had a lot of wars between its own clans. Mm-hmm. But nothing in terms of a modern war has um, hit their shores besides the two, obviously, bombs that America dropped after World Hiroshima, War II. Yeah. Um, but for example, Korea has n- almost no historical, like just from a tourism standpoint, has barely any tourist a- attractions, if you will, like You're right. and historical land landmarks or just any sort of cultural, um, not identity. Obviously, we have a, a very strong cultural identity, but like very cultural m- markings, I would say. Like wonders of the world, right? Kind of thing. Yeah. And, and it's not only just these like historical yeah, landmarks yeah. and monuments. It's also like we don't have a lot of our own history recordings because it was burned, burned down. down. It was, um, you know, we were taken over by. A lot of is missing. Yeah. I see what you mean. Two different countries <laughs> over our lifespan. Right. And, and we also had a civil war. Within ourselves, yeah. Within, within ourselves, yeah. And so, you know, Japan hasn't had that. And so they have such a, from just a very objective view, they have an amazing tourism landscape, right? So many cultural identities and markings. And um, and obviously with that, the food culture has thrived and survived. and um, yeah, Because of that rich history. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. At the end of the day, if you sum it up in a phrase, they have a rich history. Korea does too, but we don't have any records. We don't have a lot of records. It's patchy, if, yeah. if that makes sense. And right. that's, that's just, it's it, obviously so sad as, as Koreans. Um, but you know that's also one part about why I can appreciate America and why I, you know, I for me, I love Americana. Mm. Like, Growing up, I always, you know, dreamt of driving a she- like a Chevy, that American like, muscle, like that Mustang. Yeah. You know, that was my dream car for a while, and I loved sort of that that Americana. Um, and so, like, I feel like it, it's very ethereal. It, there's no like tangible way to kind of put it. Um, but I guess if you, yeah, if you put it into just one phrase, it's like a rich history mm-hmm. Japan has, and I just appreciate that. Just objectively, definitely no. Same. Um, same thing with America. Like it's a very short history as a nation, but we have such a strong and rich history and identity. Yeah, and that pride in general. Yeah, man. and so like, if America has that Americana, Japan just has its own thing with with food and just how modern it is. If you go to Tokyo, just how amazing everything is from the subway systems to it's just vibe, how clean. Man. Yeah, it's a vibe. It's a vibe. Bro. That's how the kids say like, it, right? How do you, I like? How would you sum it up, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's such a distinct vibe, right? Yeah. That's the important thing, yeah. right? And that's based, like you yeah. said, on their culture and their history and whatnot. Yeah. And it translates into everything, yeah. right? They're essentially, for some people, they're the trendsetters, right? Mm-hmm. You can even say, right? For certain people mm-hmm. that look to them and whatnot. And so that's why right. I wanted to go work in 
in Japan or Korea, you know, obviously Korea's food scene today is, is amazing. <laughs> Next level, man. Yeah. And, um, but I think I just, when I studied abroad in Japan, I was able to really immerse myself in, in its mean. culture and um, in just daily life as well. And I really enjoyed it. And so recently, last year, my wife and I also took a two-week trip and we went all over Japan as well. Ooh. Taking the Shinkansen, oh taking the train goodness. all over. That was yeah. been so dope. Because I, I've spoken to other people. We'll, we'll touch on your wife and whatnot, but in that part. But then in Japan, right, out of the things you've like eaten there, right, is it, is it really sushi? Like, is sushi really like the best thing? Is it really that different? Like... I'm sorry if I'm disrespecting anyone or like disrespecting you, but just from, you know, from a neutral or like a, a person who's not fully aware of like, you mm -hmm. know, the actual difference in taste and just quality and whatnot and just execution. I, mean, I wouldn't say because I wouldn't say it's it's any it's any different because it can be the same here. Yeah. Because we can like any any sushi chef can also get the same type of fish and stuff and from like, and they already do. They fly it over from yeah. the Tsukiji fish market. Or I guess it's the, they changed it, right? They moved. It's the toy. I forget the name. Toyo something. I have no idea, but it's you're the right. new they fish moved. market. They moved. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so technically speaking, anybody can with the right skills, recreate any sushi meal you get in, in Japan. Yeah. To be honest, like you can just, import all the same ingredients even like the amazing rice that you know some farmers have out in but in japan would you say Stephen, that it's the experience that truly separates it in that i, I wouldn't say it's the experience it's just the amount of skill out there that's why it's so good <laughs> yeah, because japanese are so yeah, disciplined to their craft right? mm -hmm. and there's just so many sushi chefs out there um <laughs> so who who have just trained for for so many years underneath you know those masters like jiro mm -hmm. right but i mean for me my love was actually ramen oh um, noodles i love japanese ramen oh yeah so um with that being said i when i left the sls after working you know as a supervisor for i was there for the i held with banquets and catering room service wow mini bar our three meal a day restaurant tress and our rooftop pool which we actually ran like a a day club like a vegas day club it was what? crazy yeah some weekends we do like tens of thousands of dollars just in Jeez. alcohol it's oh crazy and then we do like cabana rentals we had celebrities there i met reggie bush word yeah the reggie bush man yeah. oh my goodness yeah. i met reggie bush um so many celebrities. Oh, Thierry Henry. Come uh, on, bro. The the French the footballers, uh, footballer. if you guys don't know. Mm -hmm. Come on, man. There's so many celebrities. So, okay, uh, those were one of the perks then, right? So if I were to ask no, you. No, I like, mean, for me, it wasn't like, it was cool seeing them, but yeah, then it's not like, for me, I'm focus. just doing a job. Yeah, it's right? still your job. Yeah, I'm just there to serve whoever, right? I, I would treat them the same as I would treat any other customer, right? I think that's awesome that you say that then. How, okay. How was it then working there? Because you, you you essentially okay, you ultimately left there, we know that, right? But how was it before you left? Like was it was it like that bad or was it good? Like did did that kind of lead to you leaving or like what happened there? Yeah, I mean I I loved being um I loved being there. I loved 
just being able to get that experience yeah. working with other people to serve others. Uh-huh. At the at the end of the day, that's what hospitality is, right? You're serving somebody and then obviously with a team, like whether it's a restaurant anywhere else, you have your coworkers, right? Yeah. And so you're working with somebody else to serve someone else. And I love just being a part of that. I love serving the guests at the end of the day. Uh, but for me, I started cooking a lot more mm-hmm. uh, while I was working. I started cooking my own ramen, like making, you know, 18 hour broths, like leaving it wow. on the stove, just simmering for a long period of time. You know, I, I stink up my, my parents' house, like boiling pig's feet, right? To make, <laughs> to make tonkotsu ramen. Wow. Yeah. And, so this is during your free time too, this right? Is my, during the, this is during my off days, right? And so <sighs> I was also then slowly getting into Texas-style barbecue. Yep. And I realized while I'm young, why, why can't I put these 18-hour day you know, shifts that I'm working for someone else at this hotel into myself? <laughs> like what would happen if I poured 18 hours a day for myself and that thought kept wow. being pervasive in my mind and no doubt. ultimately came down to I want to cook with my hands I want to serve somebody with my own hands and so that combined with me loving um, ramen and barbecue I wanted to do Texas style barbecue with Japanese ramen and I wanted to create my own restaurant um, with that as the concept so that was actually the first? That like, was the first iteration your- of what like restaurant I wanted to create. Because cool. ultimately, at the end of the day, I just wanted a restaurant, yeah, period. Right? I just, in its simplest form, I just wanted to serve somebody. Wow. Like a space to serve someone, right? Mm. And the food that I would, um, I first thought about was Japanese ramen with Texas-style barbecue. Just things you love, pretty much. Yeah, things yeah. I love. Um <laughs> Plain and simple. And with that mindset, I quit. I started just experimenting on my own a lot more. And through that process, during that time, uh, I eventually met, um, or I reconnected really with the old family friend, Robin, who was starting up uh, Little Meets LA. And it was an underground supper club that he was starting. And so I joined up with him and we did these awesome dinners. Like we started off pretty small, like 30 people, but we ended up doing even these big dinner, like 50, 60 people at um, this collaboration we did at the container yard in the arts district. Mm -hmm. So we were doing these awesome dinners. We had multiple chefs. So we had like a rotating group of chefs. That's sick. And, you know, Robin created Little Meats to be a platform for these chefs who wanted to, or he wanted them to speak for themselves, right? Because as a line cook, you don't really get an opportunity to cook for yourself. Uh, I mean, sorry, you don't get an opportunity to really cook for others. Uh, In order to create a restaurant, right, you have to have X amount of money and capital to even have someone try that food for the first time, right? So you have to invest all this money just to have one person, like, as a... as a customer, not even just your friend or somebody like that. It's not possible for the average. Exactly. Yeah. So 
if these guys don't have a voice, you know, let's create that. And so that's what Robin created with Little Meats. And I was also one of the rotating chefs, and I got to do Texas-style barbecue. Oh and through that, I met John, uh, my, my business partner for Kabunga. And he actually left the world of finance. <laughs> like, he graduated top of the class, La Cunada, Yale. LC, wow. Yeah, it's also crazy. La Cunada, yeah. also La Cunada grad. But what, two years above yeah, us, right? Two yeah, two us, years so above us. So I never met him. Uh-huh. And he, you know, he was on top of the world in a sense. Like he was working in finance in Manhattan, talking to some of the top CEOs of our country, yeah. right? As a um, hedge fund manager. And he... He wanted to create something more tangible um, in this world. And, you know, he at the time, he's just efficiently allocating capital is what he is what he says. And that is obviously a, a, a function and an amazing thing you do in this world, creating order out of chaos, right? And that's very bl- biblical. Biblical as well. Yeah. Um, uh, it's talked about in uh, revolutions. It's... Uh, revelation revelation <laughs> it's okay revelation no revelation uh-huh. oh Revel- my god <laughs> i'm okay. such a yeah i'm don't such worry. a bad christian no don't even mind oh anyway yes revelation uh-huh. <laughs> i don't know why you said revolution <laughs> such a brain fart <laughs> moment um in revelations yeah pause too but it's okay yeah in revelation um but yeah it's creating order out of chaos right yep. and that's business um of course but he nice. wanted to have more of a tangible effect in the world and mm. You know, he was thinking, what can I do? Um, I don't know how to code, but I do know food. And for him growing up um, or going to Yale, you know, he was very, he wanted a lot of Korean food, right? What he grew up on. But there was no accessible Korean um, food, Korean barbecue. And so he had this idea that let's create a fast casual Korean barbecue concept. And for us... We want to now seeing the Korean barbecue gospel around the world, right? Of course. We want to be able to bring that experience growing up that we had to everybody and make it accessible to to all Americans, uh-huh. to all people across the world eventually. Uh, so uh, that's that's pretty much why I brought up ramen is my story. <laughs> Started off with quitting my job to cook ramen. That's crazy. Um, and, and do uh, Texas style barbecue. Uh, but my, yeah, my first love of food started off with pasta. You know what's funny is what? now that I actually truly think about it, uh-uh. my love of food really, man, like. Like truly. Truly, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. I like, I, I get to see that. Almost daily these days. Like my dad, he grew up very, very poor Mm -hmm. in Korea. uh, And they didn't have enough money for rice, right? So they had a lot, like a lot of of people, yeah. A lot of, you know, Koreans after World War II, they had these things that the American GIs were able to bring like very cheaply. One was flour, right? And so, um, that's when like noodles really became something that was more mass produced instead of just being like a very specialized thing. And so they had a lot of noodles. My dad ate noodles like every day growing up. 
And even to this day, he could eat noodles every single day. And so now that I'm like thinking about it and re reflecting on this, it's my first love of food was pasta. pasta. Like that's what kind of opened my mind to the world of food. And then it was because after going to Italy to do to visit my sister and, mm. and have that amazing experience, I did the study abroad in Japan um, right before senior year of high school. So right after the trip, oh. that inspired me to see the see world. world even more. And yeah. so I was like, oh, let's go to Japan. They have this cool like language uh, exchange you know, program. So I went, you know, stayed with a homestay family. Sick. That's um, dope. And that's when I fell in love with ramen, right? The noodle but consistency. But now I'm like, holy cow, noodles, man. What is... What, what is the thing apple, with noodles? Apple does not fall far from the tree. Amen. For reals. Dang, man. That's awesome. So, I mean, hopefully we see some noodles or something on the menu. But anyway. But we do have noodles. We have chapche noodles. Chapche, but I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean yeah. like that ramen, right? Kind of like, kind of uh, piqued that interest maybe. Like we... we uh, we look at that, take a look back at that maybe. Okay. I anyway, mean, no. oh, sorry. Yeah, that's that's for I him mean, to decide, but no, I mean for us we we are traditional Korean food because even some of our recipes are um, for example like John's family's recipes wow. um, we've used incorporated is incorporated. Them. So for us like I think you know, as much as I you know, I, as much as I love Japan and noodles like <laughs> For for me, it's more of now like a mission to also like spread the Korean gospel, right? Of course, spread the Korean food across the nation. Um, <laughs> it sounds like yeah, it's very evangelical, like soul food. I'm gonna spread the gospel. Spread the gospel. I know, yeah. but we're talking about food. But food yeah. is 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 it's biblical too. You know, what I mean, yeah. food is the word. Especially breaking of the bread, breaking of the bread, also. sharing food at mm -hmm. a table, communion. Mm -hmm. And then, okay, then I know we've like kind of fast forward through your life. Then during that time, so how, as a man of faith, right? If you guys don't know, um, Stephen is a Christian as well, right? Um, how, how did that play a role or did it play a role like during like your fit? Like if you look back on your life, like do you, did it play a role in like, or how did you even come to Christ in the first place, I guess? Or were you just one of those regular people growing up like that? just was thrown into Korean, you know, Korean community, like Korean community church. And mm -hmm. whatnot. It's, it's interesting to think about what you're saying with, you know, what is Jesus doing in my life? Yeah. Right. Um, like obviously thinking back, he's always been there for me. Right. Amen. In every in every situation he's always provided at the end of the day. That's that's really what it comes down to. Mm -hmm. He's always provided. So he's obviously the one who has directed me into this this career path. But in those moments, faith never for me attributed to the decisions I made. Mm. But obviously now thinking back, back on it, on it yeah. he was there in those moments, right? He was there providing. Yeah. He was there saying, hey, this is what you're going to be doing, which was, here's a plane ticket to Italy. Um, here's um, a random ad from a Japanese exchange school that you're going to go to. The seeds, right? man. Here's your sister's friend who is going to NYU and is going to tell you about the program. Wow. And that's what makes you go there. Um, here is this opportunity, right? So to, this goes on and on. Like, Exactly. The list goes on and on, right? 
he's provided at every single situation that he's needed me to go, go somewhere or right? pivot or whatnot right in order to end up at this spot right and it's it's also interesting i'm trying to tie this all in together with what is you know jesus doing. currently doing in my life and it's it's tough because as as a as a christian born and raised in the church there's i feel like a lot of us have the same journey of just these highs and lows where um you have this hunger for jesus and at times it just fades away and you get so busy with school you get so busy with work um, so many things going on in your personal life, right? And that hunger just fades. And obviously for us, we always have it in the back of our mind, but then in, in a part of it comes out as like guilt or shame. Yeah, no That's doubt. a huge part of, I feel like, the Korean Christian community. And as kids, that's kind of what we're sort of ingrained into <laughs> us. Um, like, oh, you didn't read your Bible today? You didn't pray, you know, like, why? You didn't serve at church. Yeah, you didn't serve at church. Didn't go to church. or Like, I remember one time with, you know, AK, we, because we went to the same church growing oh, yeah, up. Young Nak, like, Young Nak, yeah. We, you know, we go to the the internet cafe, the PC bunk <laughs> across the street and play Counter-Strike oh, a lot. Oh my gosh, PC bunk across yeah. the street from church. That's so yeah, hilarious, and my, man. And when our parents found out, they were so mad. Right. Dude, I I never understood that though. Come on, like honestly, like did you ever get flack for the Harry reading Harry Potter? Yeah, you heard about that? Yeah, oh, you did get flack. Exactly. Yo, my parents came out of nowhere on that. Like yeah. my tutor yeah. recommended that at first, and they were all down, yeah. and then they get go to church. I mean, one day. yeah, that's just like a whole nother topic. Yeah, sorry to like, go off tangent, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like most most older generations, like they didn't understand what fake news was growing mm -hmm. up, right? And so. If one person said something, they just took it at face value. Yeah. And so that rumor went around all the churches saying um, Harry Potter was a demonic, demonic book. icon right? or some. Yeah. Yeah. There was like secret messages <laughs> and like all that stuff. And it was yeah. Just, yeah. But for me, you know, I loved reading Harry <laughs> Potter. I read it multiple times, yeah, right? Back Everybody. To back, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think just going back to growing up in the church, that right? ties into it. We always, like, th I'm very, very thankful. I've always, you know, taken this to heart. Someone, um, you know, on a mission trip once told me, like, I'm really jealous of you who, you who was born into the church and you knew Jesus from day one. Huh. From somebody who found <laughs> Jesus at rock bottom. So completely different path. Yeah. So completely different path. And, like, because he was doing a testimony. Mm -hmm. um, and that was one of the things that really resonated with me and I still think about to this day is like he was jealous of me having been born in the church. And when I reflect on that every so often, it's truly humbling because I take that for granted so much. We all do, man. Right? Amen. And so it's, it's really hard to think about like, um, that question. The, that question and, and the hunger, like what is Jesus currently doing in my life? Because, you know, obviously this pandemic has been, been like a whole nother topic and an issue oh. um, with uh, like I was, I just, we just started cell group um, last week with our church mm -hmm. and 
so everyone's uh, starting up again and then the big topic was you know what have we gained and what have we lost mm, in during that in, this time yeah during this time and it's like it's so tough to reconcile all this that's going on with our faith and with god but at the same time like you know that question comes back what is jesus doing in my life and yeah. he brought you into my life right <laughs> he's brought cell group back into my life he's um he brought my church tapestry and and everyone that's been a part of it that and community yeah. that community and no matter how many times I feel like I kind of just fade away from Christianity and just get too uh, lazy, just playing video games or just what, when, you know, like past couple of years, it's just been work and putting career first over God, mm. um, you know, being married, putting my wife uh, first over God. And so, during all these times, at the end of the day, it always comes back to God's presence, right? He's always there. And recognizing that. Right? Like, even during this time, like, during COVID, like, who knew that I would I would meet back up with you, <laughs> you know? For sure. Um, someone I haven't seen since high school and come into my life and say, hey, I want you to talk about God, <laughs> right? Wow, you, wow, that. <laughs> I never even thought of it like that, man. Mm-hmm. I past couple, yeah. like yeah, because for, for providing yeah. the perspective, geez, yeah, I didn't even think about it like that. Past couple of months, it's it's been not only because for me, what's been taken away in COVID is joy, <laughs> and because for me, I'm such a people person. Yeah, like in the past couple of months, I've only seen my business partner like a handful of times because he has a newborn kid. And so it's they have to issues, yeah. they have to remain safe away from COVID. And you know, I'm I'm at the store. I'm I'm a more potential target to carry COVID. And so, you know, like we would see each other so much, and you know, I still crave that relationship. Right, mm-hmm. seeing him, talking with him, interacting, interacting, yeah. hanging out, yeah. just having Connecting, fun, yeah. eating dinner together. Um, and then obviously with my friends too. I don't get to see them. I don't get to hang out with them. I don't get to see my family as much. I haven't seen my grandma in since like January, right? Wow, man. Um and just because like obviously safety reasons. Safety too. she's she's old. Yeah. My grandpa's old. And for me being a people person, like joy is brought to me is like joy happens when I see people and hang out with them, talk to them, eat eat something with them, right? And then obviously with the restaurants, we can't even um, go in for like <laughs> inside and with do that, COVID yeah. safety measures, which, you know, obviously we, we have to have. Um, so it, it's not that I'm angry about it. It's just what has been taken away and it's, it's joy. But at the same time, what have I gained? Yeah. Um, I think like over time, just, just constant reminder that God's there. Right. Like, the past couple months, yeah, have been kind of depressing for me. And and with that, my hunger for God has slowly faded, Struggles. right? Like, it's, so like, even like with church being, you know, on YouTube and stuff, like with live streaming, it's not the same. It's not the same. And like, it, for me, we, I haven't even been attending like, 
the live streams like oh sometimes i'll watch it later yeah but are stuff. you really yeah yeah am i paying attention no i'm on my phone I'm really intentional right about right it. like past couple of weeks football's been happening so i'm <laughs> like does not help i'm yeah I'm, <laughs> I'm like more interested in football than god right and so uh. the fact that fact of the matter is god is now um like saying hey like i want to feed you like and here's raymond to to force you to talk about God. And it's not even forcing it. It's like, this is actually pretty awesome. Thank you. Um, and obviously there was a season of, of me kind of just being depressed and wallowing about COVID and just not being able to see anybody. And um, But God's kind of giving me this gentle reminder again, like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm still here. Like nothing has changed about um, Christianity, right? And me, right? My promise yeah, to you. Yeah, exactly. Right? So, like, he's really making his presence known with you, with, you know, church, and um, it's, it's yeah, it's pretty so crazy. It's, he's been able to give you that reassurance and, like, change your perspective on COVID, right? mm -hmm. just in general, right? Yeah. That's great, man. Then, then if, you, if you don't mind me, if you don't mind if we touch on, I guess, your wife, right? You mentioned her a couple of times. Like, how did that... How did that happen, first of all? And then, mm -hmm. obviously, I'm sure she's played a role with your faith as well and just mm -hmm. your, your career and just your life in general, yeah. right? So, I, yeah, I guess touch on that, please. Um, <laughs> one one way to truly... Because she's truly a godsend uh -huh. for you, right? If, yeah. Right? In the word... Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, no problem. Um, I guess one way to really think about, you know, with God is, yeah, every single time he's... He's been a godsend, right? Um, he's always placed these also like stories in my life, right? I, I had this crazy story of how I started my career, you know, being stuck in a German, you know, um, five-star hotel. hotel near the airport no, with no money, like as a 16-year-old kid. kid. I remember I cried on the phone talking to my mom, like, because I was so scared. You're a foreigner, kid bro. In, in yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, and then also, like, meeting my wife was such an intense, like, crazy story, too. Um, like, we we could honestly, like, just just the, like, how we met yeah. and then how we started our relationship. Yeah. Like, I love telling that story because it's also, you know, reflecting on it now, it's it's a reflection of, of God and what he's provided, right? Uh-huh. Um, like it could be the start of a Korean drama, right? Uh, so to begin with, um, yeah, I just, I love telling this story. So, uh, this was during little meets days when I was doing the underground supper clubs, I was cooking outside, um, with another chef mm -hmm. and where little meets was, was, uh, this very cool collective of work, uh, live, um, spaces. Uh-huh. And so there's a lot of creatives there, people who work as well as live there. And we're using the common area to cook. Um, and I see this girl walking by and she catches my attention. I'm like, oh, I've never seen her before. But I'm like, I'm trying not to burn the, the chicken, right? I'm like focusing on the food, but I, like in the corner of my eye, I see this girl. And I'm like, uh, you know, I'm trying oh, to do both. Too funny, um, and she walks by and then, so later on I start asking around, like, oh, do you guys know who that was? Stuck in your mind the whole time. Right? Night. And so word gets around, and I eventually find out who she was through a mutual friend. She's like, oh, my gosh, that's 
Ed's sister. Um, and Ed was, my brother-in-law is, was an editor at um, one of the lofts, like a couple doors uh-huh. down, or like, not a couple doors down, but a little bit away, but in the same complex. Uh-huh. And he, um, he was like, we're all like friendly with each other. So we all know each other. And so he finds out that I was interested in his sister. Because you didn't know about his sister. Yeah, yeah. And like, and like me and Ed, we, we just like kind of knew each other. We weren't like friends. Like that, or, yeah. yeah. And so like a couple days later, he like comes up to me. He's like, oh, so I hear you're interested in my sister. <laughs> and I was like so taken aback. I'm like, I don't know if this is like a, like a scary thing right <laughs> or, now or, or like a good thing. And then, and then he just starts laughing and then... Um, he, and so like he just kind of like i thought he just kind of brushed it off but turned out he texted her sending her my instagram profile oh, like saying hey what do you think of this guy and i think at that point he was like actually oh like steven's actually a good guy like what do you think so you already passed that first level right there yeah right brother's um, approval i got i got approval? i got really lucky with with you know ed just liking me off the bat <laughs> like that and so um, she had texted him back, uh-huh, saying. um, saying like, Oh, he's, he's cute. Oh, snap. <laughs> right? And that was, um, in October of 2015. And she was actually just visiting for a couple days mm-hmm. and she, she's from Seattle. Mm-hmm. So she went back. And so I, I never got a chance to like actually meet her. Mm-hmm. couple months later, she actually comes down to LA again to visit her brothers and, uh, it was for her birthday. And so all the mutual like friends in the, at Lacey, which is the live work um, area. Area, yeah. They they were all trying to like match, now play matchmaker, right? <laughs> you and had a squad, man. We had a squad trying that to put us awesome, together. awesome, dude. Okay. And so she invited me to her birthday dinner because her brothers were also like oh, the, asking her asking to her. like, Hey, or they were, they weren't asking her to, they asked her, do you want to? Okay. And she's like, Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> and so like now that now it's building up, like, Oh how are, shit. Yeah, how like, are you feeling at this voice? Yeah. yeah so, <laughs> so I, I drove, um, two people like who are all the mutual friends uh-huh. there and they're like asking me like, Oh my God, like, how do you feel like? Yeah, bro, you're processing all this yeah, on the I'm go, like, right? On the fly. And then right before that, I actually had just done a like a private catering event. Oh my gosh! And you're, then you're pretty tired too. You're pretty. So I was, out, yeah. I was like just focused on that all day, and then I, you know, picked them up, and then we drove to the restaurant, and then oh, right when they asked me, it kind of hits me. Then I start getting nervous, and like I was like, uh, the butterflies, you know, yeah, yeah, the butterflies. Day. I like started going, uh, <laughs> you know, stammering and stuff, and. When we got introduced, it was kind of like awkward at first, right? You know, because we know we're like being pushed to each other, and obviously, I can't even imagine. Yeah, that. yeah, and obviously, I'm I, I wanted it. Yeah, right? that's what's fu- but, so funny. Yeah. yeah, but it's like I'm just very nervous. Yeah. Um, but then we hit it off, and you know, we spoke for a couple hours that wow. night, and then, you know, the next day, I'm like trying to figure out how do we see each other again, and yeah, so because she's long distance. Yeah, and so I get some of the mutual friends to to set it up like Squad, yeah assemble. right right so shout out to clara and dan who like helped set this up no right doubt. um and so we get another group dinner going and then i like they they make us sit next to each other right facing each other 
And so uh. that night too, we hang out for a couple, couple more hours. And um, the third day, her last day, um, I asked her out on a date. Oh, wow. And Third then, time's a charm. Yeah. Man. So then I asked her out. I, I brought out all the big guns. I took <laughs> I took her to the, you know, hotel where I used to work, SLS. No doubt that connect. And then all the, you know. You pulled out all the strings. I pulled out all the yeah. strings in my connections. And like, no you doubt. know, obviously everyone knows me there. And they're like, you know. Of course, and, yeah. And, you know, later I found out she like obviously loved that, being able to see like how much people like actually you know, remembered me. Your and, impact on them. And yeah, and cared for them. And they, like, they obviously loved me. I loved them. Like, working together, you know, former coworkers. Um, Cause yeah, it could also have been like, oh, hey, you know, long time to see. But then, you know, it was actually yeah, like, there's that history that actually, history, right? like, yeah. you know, I loved working there. I loved everyone working there. And she saw and that. Showed, yeah. yeah. And it showed that, you know, I was, I was a very big people person. Like, I, I have a big heart for people. And, attraction after after that we had lunch right there and then i was supposed to drive her to the airport so i drive her to the airport <laughs> well you saw her every day bro you yeah. maximize yeah i maximize it <laughs> yeah um oh respect respect yeah so i drove her to the airport lo and behold her flights gets delayed oh my right Lord. so God now send. exactly <laughs> that was overtime. literally god telling us to wow. get closer and we spent like we're, this is the Burbank Bob Hope Airport. Uh -huh. We're on the roof of the the parking lot, watching the sunset. My damn, this K drama just right? is getting better. And, and better. we're just talking and talking and talking. I take her down again. Her flight gets delayed again. What? So we go back to my car, and we just we you know open up the sunroof, just staring. Now it's nighttime. We're just staring at the stars oh, and that just mood. and just talking and talking and um. And that's when we, um, like, really, really got to know each other on a really very deep level. Because that was six hours of us just in the car at waiting. At Bob Hope Airport. At Bob Hope Airport. <laughs> waiting for her damn <laughs> waiting flight. Waiting for her flight. Oh, my God. And finally, you know, take her down. She leaves. You know, we have our first kiss. Like, oh! Right, right, right. I at, didn't hear this part off right camera, at, but okay. Uh, okay. Right <laughs> at the, the security. Uh, you know, where they, where they, you know, check your bags and stuff. Like, right before wow. she goes in, I, like, snuck a quick kiss in. You're not the type to do, like, PDA, I no. feel like, too, Like, man. that was that was my first kiss, actually. Yo. Yeah, I'm a very shy guy. okay drama, bro. Yeah. Very, very. Anyway, this is a beautiful love. Very story. Yeah, um, <laughs> um, hopeless romantic <laughs> level. Yeah, K-drama. That rom-com. Um, and, and so that three-day period we spent 19 hours together 19 hours and that really is what made us like um be intentional there we with go. our That's relationship like we knew we were in it for the long run after that like we knew okay hey let's take this relationship seriously because like we we want to right otherwise then like what's the point like what's the point of casually uh dating, dating. um like for us, the intention was was marriage, right? And from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And so, we actually like we're we're very quick about it. We got engaged seven seven and a half months into wow. the relationship, or That's just quick, seven right? months about, yeah. And then we got married um, almost a year later. And then she 
the timing worked out where she moved down for, uh, she got accepted at Loma Linda for uh, physician assistant school. Mm -hmm. And so um, we got married. She started school. So right off the bat, it worked out with her moving down from Seattle. Yeah, because I was going to say, because it was long distance technically Mm -hmm. It was long distance um, for a little over a year. And then, that must have been not easy. but then we also then had a long distance weekend marriage because Loma Linda's out towards Riverside. So it didn't end there. Yeah. yeah when, so when we back. had a weekend marriage where I would go every weekend or she would come, come home, home on the weekends for two years about, and you know, only, um, at the end of last year, right. She got a job here and she moved back home or she moved back home first. She had to take her, um, exam. Mm-hmm. to officially become certified and then she could start looking for jobs so then uh, she got a job at the end of last year here in los angeles so Dope. it's been almost a year we've been like fully full-time living together wow um thank you for mentioning intentional so like how has uh, i know that word means a lot to you and it, it's played a major role so like how have you been able to utilize that intentionality just not in your life but like like your your religion too because i know you struggle with like most christians with being intentional not just like in your worldly you know duties and tasks and responsibilities but like in your faith as well right and i'm sure a lot of christians struggle with that too yeah so and myself Definitely. personally like you know, myself included but is there kind of from your perspective a way to kind of make that your advantage right your benefit right or take that intention out like take that step to be intentional I think with Christianity, that's definitely what I lack, intentionality. All of us, man, yeah. yeah. Like, um, and obviously I can I can sort of blame it on, like, there's, there's no hunger right now, mm-hmm. like, just with it being such a depressing time. Yeah. Um, but I think the key for intentionality is discipline, right? It's, it's hard work, right? You have to do things repetitively every day. Which you know, I, I don't read the Bible every day. Amen. I don't. <laughs> Sorry, how do you do that? I, I don't, um, you know, have this strict schedule of maybe um, reading the Bible yeah. or or um, going through some sort of like study guide yeah, type thing. Like what an ideal Christian like you would think an ideal Christian mm-hmm. would do, right? Because at the end of the day, like that shouldn't be viewed as negative, yeah. like. Being disciplined about that is actually hard work. Yeah, people don't really. Um, and it and it should be hard work, right? <laughs> like it's a relationship. Like if you don't put any work into um, any form of relationship, it's not going to work. Yeah. And so, um, that is hundred percent something I struggle with. Struggle with for sure. Then I mean, now going forward, right? We've 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 journeyed through your life and we've met your wife essentially through the podcast and now right now right i i want to focus on the current again where what is what is not only kabunga's plan right because i know that's one of your main focus but what what is steven's plan for steven right i mean given kabunga is is a part of you right it's your baby but like what is your hopes and goals for yourself right that you would want to like pursue or wanted to you know do i guess or is that kabunga only i guess i mean i guess personally it's just it's really like refocusing on god yeah um making sure that i'm also working hard to be a good husband right and 
you know, eventually be a good father. Yep. Like, and and being a good father is also like the small things too, right? It's not only like reading up on books, like about like all the potential like illnesses your kids could have, so you can anticipate it, right? It's not just that, uh. or like, um, but it's also it also just means being a good husband, right? Just being a good human being. Yeah. And so, I think I think that definitely stems from just intentionality with with god yeah and like knowing that i need to put in that hard work mm-hmm. um and just for me i guess yeah personally it's just finding finding joy right like doing this podcast uh, um just slowly but surely being able to meet friends with all the restrictions um coming up and then but yeah, also, yeah, like like you said, exactly, like, John and I, you know, we're tied to the hip, like, we, literally, Kabunga is, is our baby, right? Yeah, man. Together, and so, as one of the parents of, of Kabunga, yeah, it's, we're, we're now seeing, you know, our baby slowly become a toddler, right? And so, for us, it's like, how do we cultivate, um, you know, a great environment for the baby to grow, and you know, for us, it's we have you know multiple locations planned. We have um, like our bottled sauces and yep. some and some snacks coming up yeah, that I'm we're trying to sell. Yep. And it's it's being a a a food company, right? Kabunga. Uh, we want to at the end of the day just um, I guess one sports metaphor. Like analogy, I can mm. I can bring up is I just watched the the Tua Tagovailoa um, documentary, documentary on ESPN. Yep. How and was that? It was, that? It was good. Like I I never knew anything about him. Yeah, just Alabama like star. Yeah. yeah. Um, but his grandfather was this um like like chief and like orator, like very big storyteller in the community, mm. and he sort of prophesized that the Tagavailoa name would be known throughout the world. Oh. And it's crazy. Like, he literally spoke it and... Into like, existence, yeah. Into existence. Um, and so, um, for us too, like, we want to bring um, Kabunga <sighs> into the world, right? We want to share that that gospel, as, as I was saying before. Like, we want to have everybody know the Kabunga name. Make and it universal. Exactly. Yeah. Like you think of Korean food, Korean barbecue, Korean snacks, it's kabunga. I see what you mean. Mm-hmm. And that, that that begins with you guys being able to maintain that perspective, right, of the long term, right? Because right now, patience is the game, right? Because no mm-hmm. one knows when things are going to go back to back to normal, right? Yeah. It, ultimately. Um, yeah. Then, I guess, could you provide us with a final message, I guess, that you could share with um, or that you may feel on your heart that you just want to share and just, like, sign us off, I guess, per se, to our audience, maybe um, something that you're going through, something that you're planning or whatnot that you just want to sign us off on or, like, leave the audience with. Uh, thoughts, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, originally when you had approached me about this uh, podcast, I originally thought it was, like, um oh i'm gonna be talking about like how uh, like um 
faith is interwoven with business. Yeah. I thought that's what the podcast was about. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, mentally preparing, like, oh, what do I talk about with with business and yeah. like how to be a Christian in, at work, uh-huh. right? I thought I totally thought that's what like when you when you when we had like our we first, first initial yeah, yeah, brief and uh, like brief phone call like um, and what I thought about was like you know and and kind of what we we've talked about before it's like for us you know it's it's also like do we put that John three sixteen on the on the drink <laughs> cup right like in and out or on the uh, shopping bag like Forever Twenty One um, but for us I think. For me, the final message is just like just being a Christian. Just to me, just means being a good person yeah. and showing fruits of the spirit to other people. So if you have humility and you you're humble to your own employees, um, and you're just kind and forgiving, understanding, I think is a big one these days, right? <laughs> you have to be understanding, like with with consideration to the max. Right, like, and patience, right, loving, um, all these qualities stem from us trying to be more like Jesus. And I think, ultimately, that's all we can do. Um, and it's very hard to. Of course. But I think to all the listeners out there, it's, if you can be more loving, kind, caring, forgiving, that's really um, all that I think, you know, God really wants out of us is just to love each other and just be forgiving, patient, yeah, kind, everything to each the other, basics. right? So back to the basics. Back I to mean. the basics. Yeah, I, I like how you put that. It's, yeah. Um, there's so much noise right now. Man, right. If you know there's, what I there's mean. There's just so much noise right now. Um, it's really hard to think about even the basics. It's yeah. so hard to be forgiving in this climate. Yeah, man. Um, obviously, there's... It's, it's a whole nother section with with social justice right now whole nother topic yeah um, and it's so hard to be understanding of um, the other opinion mm-hmm. um, but there's you know two sides to a coin right like and both sides can be right both sides can be wrong but if you have the humility and the humbleness to be patient to listen and to love on your neighbors right um <laughs> obviously it's not going to solve the world uh but you can well, focus on yourself first right focus on fixing exactly yourself you first. can focus on yourself um and what you can control and what you can control i love that what you said if you could say that one more time about you can be right and the other party can be right as well yeah, right. I mean, two people can be right at the same time. That's so like two that, people can be wrong at the same time too, as well, right? Yeah. And it's just a matter again understanding that and being considered exactly and applying those basic principles and whatnot, right? Exactly. Wow. Okay. Um, I mean, I know we could have gone into other things, but for now, um, until until we, I have the pleasure of meeting you again and interviewing again. I think that'll sum it up here for now. Um, if you don't mind, I end all the podcasts and whatnot with like a fire round of questions. Um, so if we can get into that and just have you kind of relax a little bit and then just get into those questions. Is that okay with you? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Okay. Um, so start with the first question. So first question, the worst piece of advice you've ever received. (laughs) 
take your time but just like any like first thought it, there is no wrong answer of course but mm-hmm. it's just person it's all relative to you you know i actually can't think of anything right yeah now. sorry I, I don't mean to like <laughs> drop that like first one on you like that but yeah that was a hard one yeah sorry like i was expecting i remember you yeah, saying like, i saw the other question but this one i really like i asked every almost all my oh interesting because it's really a question that i'm curious of you know i mean Mm -hmm. too that people don't really think about because why would you want to think about that bad advice but at the same time we should learn from that right bad advice Mm -hmm. and sometimes that bad advice we do apply it to ourselves but anyway sorry yeah it it the nothing comes to mind or let's come back to that i'll I'll think about it more all right then sorry i'm sorry i started a little too hot ladies and gentlemen and steven please um forgive me (laughs) so then first or next question is the best place you've ever like eaten at or like just like dish that like would you go to the ragu or would, would it be something else um a lot of people are so surprised when i tell them like what my last, last meal would be uh-huh what um it? it would actually be this um fried chicken spot called gus's gus's fried chicken yeah. bro is that the one in burbank and yeah like there's, there's there's burbank there's a couple locations yeah it's really that good uh for me i I really really like it. Okay, so how how so? Like so, it has it the so? perfect level of spice, um, and I think there are very one of few places that fry in peanut oil. Oh, um, you're right. And it a lot makes of it, it makes a difference, uh, but the the their secret like spice, spice flavoring meat. is amazing. The the crispiness of the chicken. Um, their coleslaw is just perfect. Oh. You know, it's like oh. a little bit better version of KFC, right? <laughs> and I love KFC because that's what I grew Let's up on. Let's knock on KFC. Yeah, we love KFC. I love yeah. KFC. Like, and I love KFC spice blend too of their original fried chicken. Not um, on that. But but the skin is not crispy, right? Uh, but Gus's is. It's like perfect level, level of spice, crunch, everything, crunch, um, everything. It's just well executed, and I love fried chicken, right? Okay. So and let me flip it then. The next question, right yeah. now, okay, the worst thing that you've ever tried, and we're like, what the? F- if um, there was something, I mean, th- no food I think has like ever been like so bad where I, I was like so off put it where I was like wanted to spit it out like yeah like, to like and yeah. be like angry about yeah. it you know um, but then. There are some like unique things I've tried that I would never eat again for sure. Like, like when I was in China, like you know, we tried like scorpion, fried scorpion, like fried bugs. To me, it's how it's, did that taste, bro? Like I've never tried that, but I mean, like, I've it, seen on TV. Yeah, like, you it's know, just at the end of the day, it's just it's just like protein and like really in a crispy like skin. So you know how like popcorn has that like outer shell sometimes yeah when what? you when you pop yeah, when yeah it and then you it like gets stuck, stuck in your, in your teeth. teeth oh this is the think worst of thing. the whole scorpion as that like it's a crispy like little like quadra like it's not even a cracker Cr- like cracker, cracker would make yeah. it sound tasty right <laughs> yeah but like fried bugs are like it's just like that like it's almost you know how like the popcorn kernel it almost feels like plastic yeah like a very thin plastic yeah thin layer that's what bugs taste like oh and like obviously that's like a huge part of like um a lot of food food culture out in asia. southeast asia yeah. and asia in general yeah. um so it's a mental thing if but, anything, right the mental but yeah and for me just the texture is like ugh. no thank you right yeah that but then people would would be very surprised and and also find it very weird that i also don't 
enjoy um, mochi and rice cakes, like duck. No way, yeah. bro. What are you doing for our New Year's and stuff? No, I, I, don't, I, don't eat, I don't eat duck. Really? Duck. Why? Is it the texture? Or like, what, yeah, what about that, it? It's that gummy, tasteless texture. And it's like, why am I chewing this? Why am I spending energy chewing this tasteless like thing? Really? Yeah. So gushers or nothing, you never liked that back in the day, bro? Well, I mean, that has a ton of flavor. Oh, because it has that juice, the sweetness. Yeah, I mean, it's that. sugar. But you're talking yeah. about actual just duck by itself. Like, like yeah, mochi, mochi, just solo mochi, no, rice like red cakes. red bean or anything like that. Yeah. Right? Wow. Okay, I see. Because like, even with like a, a, like a rice cakes that's filled with like red bean, yeah. you're eating it like... At some point, most of the the red bean flavor goes away, and it's just and mochi. you're just chewing like um, pounded rice. Yeah. Okay. That right. that is uh, people That's find very weird. Yeah, because you're Korean. I like yeah. not a lot of Koreans. Yeah, yeah. Not. I, I yeah. think you're one of the. My few. grandma. My grandma still looks at me weird when I <laughs> when I refuse. Still to this day, you know. Yeah. I'll noted noted. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. The next question is, if you weren't running Kobunga. Right and cooking and doing all that, what would you be doing? You think? Um, that's that, that's oddly something like I've thought about before. Like some, you know, really? that's that because that's a yeah, that's a thought I, that, that can come to your mind. Yeah. Uh, well, that's like an icebreaker. A lot of people, oh. you know, ask in like group group, you know, activities. Sorry, I need a note then. You ask that more. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, no, it's it's a fun question, uh-huh. right? Um, and for me, uh, I wanted to be a, a voice actor at one point in high school. Oh, yeah, what yeah. I did not know. That, yeah, I can bro. make I can make a lot of weird noises and like I can change my voice like really high or really low. Can can we get a little demo here then? Or something? yeah, I like, could do like you know the scary like. Ah, this is my scary voice. Whoa! Yeah. But I can I can really yeah. Can we go opposite like yeah? It's like hi, my name is Steven. Guys, I promise yeah. you, if you're seeing the video, this is, I'm not doing, like, there's no, like, mechanical. Actually, I don't know, in high school, like, th- this this might be a user headphone warning, but, like, in high school, during the, uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. during the, like, assemblies, I don't know if you remember, I used to do my witch laugh. Like, no, I used to do I this, like, that, like Jokerish, like, witch the, crackling, the, laugh, crackling laugh, like, during right, the, like, assemblies For when this, the lights turned off. Please, I used to do that all the time. Please, Q in three two one <laughs> what <laughs> the f- bro yeah, yeah. that is sick i had no idea yeah, yeah. man so you never flirted with that idea though no like, i mean just just like playing around in high just, school just like fun just for your fun yeah. or enjoyment i know that i is- know like um what well, what started it off was actually to bring up a old old uh-huh, friend so, uh-huh. um mark you he used to mark always do this like Marco. um Duffman voice, like oh from the Simpsons. Duffman. Yeah. <laughs> and then, You're right. and then, like, I was like, oh, and then that was like super cool. And, uh-huh, you know, I would love watching The Simpsons. And then I started getting into anime, right? Yep. And then just like, I always wanted to do voices. Um, so but, like, yeah, I, I used to always yeah. do like, Duffman, oh, yeah, <laughs> needs beer. What would Jesus do? <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> So, oh my gosh, thank you, bro. That just made my day. Like, yeah. no I hope you have, like, I hope eventually you get to a place where you can do that for fun, man, and get paid for it. That'd be awesome. Yeah, dude. but it's no just, 
Yeah. I didn't, un- I know, for me, I'm shocked at how, like, versatile your voice is, bro. And, like... What's interesting <clears throat> is, um, growing up, I actually was super loud. Uh-huh. And then over time, I quieted my voice because right. everyone would say I was loud. Right. But you I can scream a lot in kickball, bro. Yeah, like kicking that ball. I, yeah, you in elementary super school, Saiyan action going. I, yeah, I can't believe you remember that. Like <laughs> I, it, remember I was that. known as like the crazy kickballer. Yeah, when we you said, did the super Saiyan kicks. Right? Yeah, I used screaming to, and running yeah. at it. Right, and I think that came from when I did like taekwondo back in the day. Oh, makes sense. Like they make Tech, you like Wando, they make yeah, you yeah. yell and shout. Yeah. yeah, to enforce that like that strength and yeah, that, yeah, uh, yeah. That, like courage or like that like confidence. Yeah. So like I can get when I. And when I'm like drinking and I'm out with friends, I get really loud. Oh, I can't wait to see yeah. that man one day. Yeah, I yeah. see what you mean. So it kind of you, you have that side of you. Right? I have that side of me, like with my voice. Even if you calmed it down over the years, mm-hmm. I see what you mean. Oh, yeah. That was awesome, by the way. Again, like those of you who don't believe me, I did not edit that crap. <laughs> like so. Oh my goodness! Thank you, Steven. So, last question. Then, if we can go back to that, mm-hmm. what is your biggest regret? Or if I were to change it advice that you would give to your younger self then so i guess i'll answer um biggest regret Mm -hmm. i think um i think biggest regret was in high school college not taking advantage of all the free time i had because once you start working (laughs) once you start working it's it's such a different um level of energy that you have to bring and so you're just you like even a simple job will make you tired at the end of the day right and so like having energy over the weekend or like at night it's yeah i feel like you know obviously exercise has a lot to do with it and like getting your energy levels up yeah but but i think just like an, an average american like once you start working your energy level is so different right so like in college your energy is so different as well. Of course. Like you have way more. You have more free time. You can explore and do a lot more stuff. So I think my biggest regret, especially in high school, was just playing so many video games. Mm. Like all I did was play uh, video games with friends or just PlayStation at home by myself. Um, and only thankfully, because I went to Italy and did the study abroad in Japan. Got that exposure. I got that exposure, really started like wanting to do more. Yeah. But even in college in New York, there's a lot of times I spent at, at in my dorm just watching Netflix. I see what you mean. That was also when Netflix was blowing up. Yeah, with the, that was the beginning, right? That's when they had DVD rentals. Oh my gosh, it wasn't even the streaming be, platform. Yeah, yet, I'd bro. be on that with the DVD rentals. Word. Like every single day just I'd be flipping, through. receive a new DVD, <laughs> send one out, you know? Um, so like, uh, yeah, I think I think time management yeah. was my biggest regret when i had time when you in college that and, luxury of time yeah, yeah. especially college yeah, man, we all take it for granted though that free time yeah right. um i think advice for for future self is i think um personal care and also just keeping up like hard work mm. um it's like make sure to like make sure you are working hard like don't give that up don't um, sort of slack in a sense, but also don't work too hard where you're burning yourself out. Yeah. So maintain, like enjoy your each and every day, right? Yeah. Smell the roses. Smell the right? roses. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. 
Thank you. I think once again, I guess we'll end it on that. That was perfect. Well, I gotta, I gotta uh-huh. go and answer your your first question. My still. first question. Okay, then. Okay, we'll we'll go back to that. What yeah. What is the worst piece of advice you ever received? Yeah. I think you'll have to edit the the silence for this it's one because okay. I still gotta still gotta, still think. gotta no, it's okay. yeah think it's okay. about it. Don't worry about it. Hmm. I know it's not an easy question because a lot of the my other two people, like guests as well, they were stumped too, kind of. But yeah, they, like yeah. that's not something um, you think about a lot. Like you'd probably rarely get asked, like, "What's the best advice you've exactly. ever received?" It's, it's super common, so it's kind of like. I really just wanted to flip the narrative in that aspect. So sorry mm-hmm. for dropping the bomb, but no, no, I appreciate no. you actually taking the time to actually think about this one. Yeah. Because it's something that, again, I just want us to learn from, man. You know what I mean? Because we're so commonly, you know, seeking the best advice, but we're not, you know, aware that we should be cautious of, you know, bad advice too. And it does sometimes come from, unfortunately, you know, people that, you know, sometimes it does come from family members, friends, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have I have one that's sort of bad and good. Okay, um, okay. You want to go with that one then? Like long time ago in in high school, uh-huh. um, like a pastor gave me this advice on with this analogy. Okay. Um, love is like a cookie, uh, and he was obviously talking about um, love is like a like. Sex before marriage, right? <laughs> okay. So, like, every love is like a cookie, Bro, right? Bro, sorry. I have love cookie sex in my <laughs> yeah. head right now. I'm so sorry. I don't know if the listeners are the same. But okay, yeah. Go, go ahead. But, like, if you have a cookie and every time you, you know, give someone a bite, like, it gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Uh-huh. So, same thing with, with love. The more love you give, right, the the less you have to give to your final partner. Oh, so kind of like love is like you have a level of energy, certain, and it's just okay, yeah, and yeah. like and like obviously with with sex, every time you have sex with somebody, it's taking that bite out of the cookie. Yeah, yeah okay. taking that bite out of the cookie. But so like at the time, I was like, I took it to heart, right? As a young impressionable kid, I was like, oh, that's like really good good advice. Analogy, I should yeah, I should yeah. save myself, right? Uh huh. But at the same time, now that I you know reflect on that, it's actually really bad advice because you don't take into consideration God's love for, for you that also pours into someone else, right? Which is unlimited. I see what it you mean. It should be, a, like, it, it, technically, God's love is that unlimited cookie. Yeah. Like, you have unlimited love to give. Yeah. It doesn't so, run out, yeah. So, like, in a sense, that was, like... Bad the, advice. Yeah, bad advice at the end of the day. Because he, again, limited your... Per- point of view of god's love in that exactly. aspect right and at exactly. a young age we're like a sponge we're literally taking yeah. anything that sounds like you know yeah because at, at the same time uh you know he's you're not taking into consideration compassion understanding oh. forgiveness right the things that all fall under love to that category exactly ultimately exactly <laughs> so yeah like your cookie is actually you have an unlimited bag of cookies to give out if we're truly speaking in yeah. faith, yeah. If wow. we're truly speaking in faith. Okay, that. thank you for choosing that one. That was, dude, that was amazing. Because <laughs> I love that it has a good and a bad, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Which is often most times yeah. the case as well. It's a matter of perspective again. All right, well, that will sum up this episode of the Godsend Podcast. Um, if you want to add your plugins, please, like, feel free to, like, your like how people can reach you or, like, you know, or, you know, your restaurant and whatnot. Yeah, uh, kabunga.com, we're... 
Kabanga stands for Korean Prugogi and Kalbi. Oof. Uh, we're uh, located at the USC. You can go to kabanga.com, check us out, check out our story, order online. Right, takeout is available, yeah. right? And Delivery as well. And be on the lookout for the products as well, right? You guys got yeah. some like snacks and some goodies coming mm-hmm. out, right? With the jerky and all that. Can't wait for that. So thank you again, um, Steven. For your time really like it was a pleasure awesome reconnecting with you bro mm-hmm. um and to you to the guests as i mean to our audience as well thank you for your time again this is the gossip podcast i'm your host raymond chi and until next time take care and god bless peace yo thank you again for tuning in for more information on everything you just heard please check out this week's episode show notes or head over to godsendpodcast.com.